Good morning, YouTube family. Good afternoon and good evening, wherever you might be. Welcome to Escape from Crazy Town, where hopefully we are going to escape crazy town together. It is just getting so crazy. I don't, I don't even know where to begin, but hey, you know, life is still good. So hold on to that, you guys. There is still hope. There is still good. There are still good things out there for us. So today we're going to talk about one of the big, big crazy things that happens in crazy town. And that is the X supply going back to the narcissist. Um, I'm going to talk about a, uh, um, a subscriber or a viewer who, who came on and was asking me some questions and sharing with me what has been happening in her life with the X supply. She's also X supply. She may be X supply number two or number four. I'm not sure, but she's talking about X supply, <clears throat> excuse me, number three. So we're going to dive into that and see what in the world happened in this because it brought out a lot of a lot of things that I had already heard and experienced and um, I was spoken with people about the things that they go through. So I just wanted to share that with you guys today. Let's go into that. And while I wait for you guys to hop on, I'm going to share with you first what Happy Crappy Hour is about. It's about sharing our um, good things and bad things that happened this week. So we're going to learn about the, you know, from the bad things that happened and how we handled it. And we're going to also learn about the good things that happened and how we're going to want to continue to do those things. So if you want to share with me your happies and crappies this week, that would be great. So we are going to jump into um, some happies and crappies that happened to me this week. And since you guys are hopping on, I'll go ahead and start sharing. So a crappy for me this week, I want to say, is not getting a whole lot of sleep. <laughs> yeah, we had so much activity this week, which was good, right? That's, that, that's the great thing. And, and we had a lot of festivities, a lot of graduations, that type of thing, parties to attend. And that was, you know, what a blessing that is to be able to socialize, get together with people, not stress out. I've really learned a lot through the years actually about throwing parties and one of the tips I will give you guys right now that my husband helped me with was um, don't clean the carpet and the floors before the party. Clean up the, those things after the party. <laughs> now of course it depends on how messy your place is and you want to make sure that you clean up you know big spills and messes on the floor. I get that. But you don't want it, you know, if the floor looks fine, it's a little bit dirty, but nobody's going to notice because who walks in and like stares at your carpet um, or your flooring? My husband just said, you know what, why don't you vacuum after people leave instead of before they come? And I was like, you know what, that makes total sense because then I'm more relaxed and I'm not going to be worried about if somebody's tracking in dirt and whatnot. You know, I'm going to vacuum afterwards anyway. So this party we had, we had a few different parties, but this party we had, um, a friend came over with his wife. And when I mentioned that, he says to me, oh my gosh, you need to teach that to my wife. <laughs> so anyway, that's a, that's a happy, I suppose. that That's something I learned along the ways to lower your stress level before a big event so that you can be present for that event. So you can actually entertain and, and be involved in, 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 in engaging in conversation instead of worried about who's spilling what and who's tracking in what and if people are noticing things. It just doesn't matter. None of that matters. Just have a good time with the people that are around you. That is my happy. My crappy from that, though, was that I did not get a whole lot of sleep. <laughs> there was a lot of picking people up from the airport, you know, late at night, getting up early in the morning for the graduations. Oh, my gosh. So lots of good, good things. But um, the, the bad part about get, not getting sleep, you guys, and this is a big problem that a lot of us have. We... When we don't get enough sleep, we're not going to be functioning on all cylinders. We're not going to be at our best. We're not going to be at the point where we can discern good um, good choices, right, from bad choices. So that's a really bad time to make choices that are going to affect you. So be careful. If you're not getting enough sleep, don't make the big choices 
after a bad night's sleep. If you don't have to, wait until you get some rest. So that's my advice. <laughs> I hope that that helps some of you guys uh, learn from and whatever crappies that you went through this week, think about how you responded to it. Think about how you solved it or resolved it. And if you regret the way it was resolved, you learn from it, right? You're going to figure out how not to do that again. So for me, when I wasn't getting enough sleep, uh, it culminated to, to yesterday. And, and of course, after all the week of festivities and everything, um, I jumped right into work and, and trying to do extra stuff around the house and, you know, uh, projects and things like that. And that just wore me down more. So then it culminated to yesterday when I was just feeling down. I was just feeling so beaten up and down and negative. And, um, I kind of caught myself when I was around some friends, we were, we got together for uh, our weekly, uh, Bible study. And actually we just had breakfast together. We didn't do the study, but we got together our weekly get together. And, you know, I kind of found myself kind of on the edge of just gripiness <laughs> and grumpiness and they, they didn't deserve that. So I, you know, I had to reel it back in and realize and understand that I'm coming from a place of exhaustion. I'm not coming from a place of giving and kindness and compassion and even being present with my friends. So I reeled it back as quick as I could and realized I was coming in with a bad attitude and, uh, yeah, and adjusted it. So it all worked out great. We all had a good time. Uh, I was able to be present after my mind was, you know, tied back to a bunch of negative stuff that's happening in the world right now. Um, and being tired, that's the, that's the worst time to be thinking about those things, by the way. Problems of the world, right? When you're exhausted. No, that, that's a really bad time to think of that. So I learned from that and moved for it. But that was my crappy yesterday, which I'm going to learn from and not bring that into any more of my uh, groups. So good morning, John. Good to see you here. So glad you're hopping on. I hope you're doing well. It's been a while. I think you missed a couple of live streams here, didn't you? But uh, glad to have you back. I think I, you know, I kind of know, I did notice. Well, you guys, we're going to jump into the to topic today. It's why does the X supply go back? And we're going to talk about why I even am talking about that today. It's because of a viewer who was commenting on one of my other videos. She was sharing with me what happened in her life. And it has to do with X supply number three, she says. So apparently she and the one of the X supplies got together and compared notes. You know, they got on YouTube or wherever and they started watching these videos on narcissistic uh, relationships. And it really opened their eyes. They, they were able to share their experiences. They, they were in shock about what they were learning and they could see exactly what, what, what happened to them when they were in their relationship with the narcissist. And they totally agreed, right? They connected on all these levels and something happens, right? She doesn't go into, she probably doesn't know exactly what happened, but the X number three suddenly goes back to the narcissist. Now, I don't think that she went back as um, in a relationship, in a romantic relationship, but my guess is that she probably sent a text or, or commented on a video or, or, or a post or something of the narcissist, right? And the narcissist acknowledged her, thus reeling her back in to conversation, into communication, right? And which is probably what she had hoped, you know, she probably had hoped that if she posts something, if she sends him a text and says, hey, just thinking about you or how are you doing? Because X supply will do that. X supply actually tries to hoover the narcissist back. Um, they, even though they're talking to other X supply, even though they're talking to all the other X's and comparing notes and, and trashing the narcissist, right? And it seems like, oh, they're just as awake as all the other supplies that they're talking to. But deep down, they're still tied to the narcissist. As many of us know, right? It takes a while to break that bond. It takes a while to, to wake up from that. So 
we can never tell when or how far along somebody else is in their healing, right? We just don't know. And they are going through the motions and they're really trying to heal and they're really trying to educate themselves just like with you, right? And you, you seem to be on the same road and then suddenly they, they start to slip. Suddenly, you know, or slowly maybe even, they, they seem to slip away. And before you know it, they are meeting up with a narcissist. They're commenting back and forth. You can see it on social media. You're, you hear less and less from that X supply. And you're noticing that the X supply is talking more favorably of the narcissist, right? And then you, this is what happened to one of the viewers, my viewers. So X number three went back to the narcissist and shared with him all the things that um, my viewer shared with her. Right. All the stuff that you talk about with the X supply about the narcissist, that X supply goes back to the narcissist and shares with the narcissist. Oh, and by the way, you might want to, you know, you, you may want to be careful if you are still talking to X supply number two or number four or number one, whatever number three is throwing under the bus, whoever number three is throwing under the bus. And the reason that X supply would do that is because they feel like they have fuel or food or something that the narcissist would be interested in, right? Gossip that the narcissist, because it's about the narcissist and they love talking about themselves and they love to learn about what other people think of them. Um, and so she may have hooked the narcissist back into communicating with her, right? And that's the Hoover. So X supply will hoover a narcissist back, sometimes using other X's, right? Gossip that they had gleaned and gotten or whatever, you know, from a different X. My guess is that this X supply went back to Nanark, started trashing the viewer who was commenting and tell, you know, and kind of, what is it, narking on the viewer essentially, right? Um, Telling the narcissist that the, this this one of his exes is talking about him. One of his exes exposed this and shared all this intimate stuff about him. Now, of course, ex supply number three doesn't tell him she did exactly the same thing, right? She's not going to tell him that she was totally into the same gossip, saying all the same stuff, revealing all their secrets to ex supply number all the other ones, right? One, two, and four. She's not going to tell him that. So here's the deal though. He's still playing her. He is still playing her. She thinks that she has something that he needs or that she's come to some great understanding about him now that she has studied these videos, now that she's watched and learned and even talked to other ex-supply of his. Now she thinks she understands him better than anybody else, than any of the other ex-supply. So she's going to think that um, she's the only one who can fix him. She's the only one who knows all of the story, right? She thinks that now she can change him or make this relationship work. She's going to go back to him. And the sad thing is the narc is still a narc. The narc is not interested in a lifelong, loving, caring relationship with this supply, with this ex-supply. In fact, the, he's already used this ex-supply. He doesn't need this ex-supply. He's going to be entertained or amuse himself, okay, with this ex-supply who's come back to him to narc on all the other supplies. So he's going to entertain that. Oh my gosh. You know, I remember, um, one of the narcissists that I'd gotten to know as a friend. And I remember how he used to reel in people, not necessarily even romantic supply, but just simply supply that he knows he can manipulate to be on his side. So essentially flying monkeys, right? So flying monkeys that he's, he had written off and he wasn't even concerned about, right? He, he didn't even care about them. He didn't like them. But when he knew they um, had dirt 
on people, other people he didn't like, suddenly he was calling them, trying to set up dates with them, like, you know, meet meetups with them. And uh, mainly to pick their brain, mainly to pick what, you know, pick at them and see what they know about other people that he didn't like or that he had some vendetta data against, right? So this is what narcissists do, even with X supply. So if the X supplies had been talking to each other, boy, you know, the narc looks forward. The narcissist looks forward to any one of them contacting him again, because he wants to know what they're talking about. He wants to know who to go after. He wants to know what he can do um, with this information. That, and he wants to know exactly where he stands with them, right? So he knows whether, well, he, not that he trusts them, not that you can trust him, but he wants to know how far he can manipulate the different people. Like how, what have they been saying to him? And using that knowledge, he's going to to manipulate the, the ex-supplies that have been talking about him. So he's just simply using this X number three. X number three goes in though, still heartbroken, still bound to him psychologically, emotionally, right? And she's thinking that he cares about her because suddenly he wants to meet up with her. Suddenly he wants to spend time with her. And she's all excited because he's listening to her. But she doesn't realize he's not listening to her tell him how her day is going or how work is going or um, her dreams and passions in life. He's listening to her about other people. He's, he, he wants the scoop. He wants the gossip on the other supply. He's not interested in her at all. But she thinks because he's spending time with her now, suddenly he's giving her attention. Suddenly it seems like they're talking more uh, regularly. Uh, she thinks now they're back in a relationship. This is a huge setup for a disaster, a total train wreck. So, you know, being the smart, uh, discerning viewer that I have, you guys are awesome, by the way. You guys are getting it. You guys have been through this. You are fighting it. You are aware. So she was aware and she says, you know what? She had to cut ties with that ex. Even though they seem to be becoming close friends pretty much over him, you know, over their experience or trauma, their shared trauma, their similar trauma that they had uh, with this narc, even though they were becoming close, she was aware that this ex now, ex number three, is not someone she can trust. So, hold on, you guys, I got to do something real quick. Gotta hit the do not disturb because stuff is popping up on my screen. So, um, yeah, she's able, she went cold turkey. She just totally cut the new supply out of her life. And of course, staying away from the narcissist. And that, you guys, is how you deal with this. You don't continue a relationship. You don't, it, once that relationship has been compromised with the narcissist coming back into uh, contact with one of you. You cannot trust the person who's gotten back into contact with the narcissist. You just can't. They are going to be manipulated. They're not themselves. They're not all there. They're under a delusion. So, yeah, I wanted to share that. So, we, we do want though. Why did the X supply go back, right? And I think a lot of us can can identify with that. Um, had another viewer who's really struggling, um, not just one, but several viewers who are really struggling with cutting off ties with the narcissist. Their heart is still tied up with the narcissist. And that is the main reason why people go back to the narcissist. They, even though they learn, even though they know the truth, even though they see the evidence, right? Even though the narcissist had moved on and maybe even married somebody else and is in a marriage with that other person, the ex-supply will still want to communicate and get back into communication with the narcissist and become the other woman or the other man 
They don't care. They just want any scrap that the narcissist is willing to throw to them. You guys, we have to look at that. And if you are in that place, you have to be true, truthful with yourself. You have to see where you really stand with the narcissist. Don't elevate yourself the way this ex number three is elevating herself in his life. She thinks that suddenly now that he's talking to her, that she has value in his life. The only value she has in his life is some, she does have something that he's interested in, but he's not interested in a relationship. Like gossip is not going to keep you together, right? Hatred of another person is not going to keep two people together. I know that people say that, um, there's a saying that says, um, what is it? A shared, a shared enemy makes uh, allies, right? Allies get together, even though if they're enemies, but if they have a third party that's a shared or common enemy, the other two who used to be enemies will align themselves together. Those alliances never last because at some point the third enemy is taken down or leaves the scene, right? They're gone. Once they disappear, once they're out of the scene, these two become enemies again. And that is what's going to happen with this X supply number three and the narcissist. Once he gets all the information he can get and she's rehashing the same information over and over again because the other supply, my viewer, has cut her off, right? My viewer no longer meets up with her, no longer talks about the narcissist with her, no longer is giving her fuel to feed to the narcissist. When she's cut off and she no longer brings him new information, He's going to tire of it. He's going to be, he's going to, then the excuses will start why he can't meet up with her again and why he's suddenly busy and why, um, he, you know, his, his, he's, he's moved on with his life. <laughs> it's, it's a sad thing. I shouldn't, you know, I'm not laughing at her. It's just, I laugh at the excuses these narcissists make because it's all, they're all the same excuses. You guys, they, they're not very original Although sometimes they do surprise us because uh, they they do tell us something they've learned from others that maybe we haven't heard yet. <laughs> so this is why we do this on this channel. We share with each other the new tactics that we hadn't witnessed or experienced ourselves, but it's good to share because we're going to eventually come across that tactic. We're going to, if we're still in con in communication or in contact with a narcissist and even with a narcissist ex supplies we are going to start to see these same tactics come up again and again so so glad that you guys are here just be real good to see you oh john says i've been here for every one of the streams oh that's awesome john i guess um i thought i didn't see you commenting on a couple of them but I'm so glad. Yeah, I know not everybody who gets on is commenting. So, so glad that you guys, that you have been here. Frost is best in world says, and good morning to you. I don't have anything to do with the other supplies, suppliers. It's different because she was never with anyone more than two months until me. So I was the only one besides flings until the new one came along. Yeah. Rye shines. Good morning. Ross says the narc girl must still be watching me though because I just got done skydiving having the best time ever then all of a sudden afterwards her grandma of all people messages me talking trash wow that's weird huh well what is she talking trash about I wonder hopefully not about you but yeah Frost. oh <laughs> Eric Craig, good to see you. Aw, thank you. Says, you're awesome too. Um, Rye says, I can never go back to that gremlin. <laughs> yes, exactly. I agree with you. But it takes time to get to that point. And I understand people who are not quite there yet. They don't see their narc as a gremlin. They don't see the truth about uh, where they really stood with the narcissist or how much the narcissist did not value them. They think, you know, they put all um, meaning, right? Here, here's a really big, big issue in a, in a relationship with narcissists. We tend to give more meaning to things or value to what the narcissist uh, does, right? 
and and there are something the pleasant things that they do right they we give them way too much credit for some of the smaller things and they could even do big gestures I've heard of narcissists buying oh yeah actually I know more than just buying a car for the supply well because the narcissist has the money right some of them do so they're buying big gifts for the supply the supply will take that to mean far more than it really does right maybe the narcissist is doing this because they just feel like it they're they're happy to do this because they like whatever they're big a big shopper shopper actually i do know a narcissist that's like that who loves to spend money so when he spends money the people he spends money on just feel like wow he must really care but then he you know he'll, he'll hold them to it because he he knows exactly how much he spent on them it's almost like um now he can he owns them right now he's done so much for them or given them so much that they owe him so he's gonna hold them to that so it's not exactly a straight you know what do you call it strings free <laughs> gift it wasn't a gift out of love it wasn't a gift out of you know I, I I'm just so generous I care about you and I, I want you to have this it's more of I'm giving you this because I think this gift is fun and awesome and I love it. You know, he, he or she loves having that gift or that maybe he bought a house, maybe he bought a car. You know, they know that they're going to have access to these things that they're giving the supply. They want it for themselves, but it looks good for them to give it to the supply. So they give it to the supply and then the supply just feels like, wow, he didn't buy anybody else a car. So he must really love me. And then before you know it, he's moved on onto other things, bigger cars, bigger homes, different supply. He doesn't talk to that ex anymore. But the ex still thinks, you know, because she has this car or a ring or jewelry or whatever it might be, that um, he still cares about her. But he's moved on. Like he's paid. That money is spent. It's gone. So he doesn't look back at that. He just moves on. Unless he needs something from that supply again, then he'll bring it up. Remember when I gave you that car? You know, you kind of owe me, you know, and I, I cared so much about you that I gave you that diamond necklace or whatever he gave. Um, remember the, the, you know, the expensive concert I took you to, the, the week away, the weekend getaway. Remember when I bought you that? That's what the narcissist is going to hold over the ex supply if he ever or she ever needs something back from the ex supply but the problem that we have is we do give a lot of meaning where really the meaning is not what it what we think it is right the motivation is not what we think it is and however we see that meaning whatever meaning we give to our relationship with the narcissist that's going to determine how fast we're going to heal. That's going to determine whether we're going to be able to see the truth. It's going to determine whether we're going to be able to let go of the narcissist. So if you're able to see that your narcissist is a gremlin, you are one of the lucky ones, right? You're one of the awake ones. You're one of the discerning smart ones. Um, I'm sorry, I'm not saying that those who can't see it are not smart or discerning, but they are not discerning right now doesn't mean that they're not smart, but um, they're allowing or they're deluded to the point where they cannot let go of the narcissist. And they keep giving meaning to the narcissist, like that the narcissist is a good person, cared about them. These things that the narcissist did must mean that they care, must mean that the narcissist deep down inside um, is their soulmate. Um, must mean that the narcissist uh, eventually will come back to them. And that's what they're hoping for, and they hold on to this. You have to break that. If that is where you are, you have to wake yourself up to reality. I'm going to share with you another um, story I came across recently on in the comments, but I um, just want to see what Frost says. I'm talking... To a girl who went skydiving with me and she was saying the new girl looks just like the narc which is far from true um, oh they're East Tennessee and so the narcs run deep in the family <laughs> okay 
I don't know much about Tennessee. Um, James, good to see you. So same here. Someone else is welcome to her. <laughs> yeah. You guys, if, if you're able to get rid of the narcissist and if the narcissist has moved on to new supply, count yourself lucky. Uh, and count yourself as someone who has passed on the gypsy curse. That was one of the first things I learned about narcissism is it's like uh, the narcissist is a gypsy curse that sticks to you. And at first you don't realize they're a curse and that's why you hold on to them and you want them to stay and you, you fight so hard to keep them in your life. But then when a new supply comes along and steals them away from you, it's almost like they just took the poison away from you. They took the garbage out of your life and you don't realize it until the garbage is gone. What a mess it was, right? You don't realize like how devastated you had been and how devastating the relationship was to you until that garbage is gone. And you're like, wow, I can breathe fresh air again. And I'm able to be around sane people again. And I don't have trauma in my life or in my days every day I'm not fighting every day with this narcissist suddenly there's peace in my life um, but for some reason as we all know uh, not just some reason we know we all know why is this deep connection that we make and with the narcissist that makes us ignore that sometimes and still desire and romanticize what we had with the narcissist and then it tricks our mind into wanting to go back to the narcissist but most of us I think who are here are mostly beyond that although sometimes you may go back to thinking what would it be like if you were still together um, I think it's pretty normal to entertain thoughts like that but what's um, amusing I guess or maybe ironic more than amusing is that when you start to think that, you, you your body starts to react in a negative way. Even though your mind is thinking, no, 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 it was good. Remember all the good times? But your body starts almost retching, right? Your body is like cringing. And so that's why you feel something in your gut and you go, but something's wrong. How come I'm not aligning here? My mind and what's going on inside my gut is not aligning. It's because your body's trying to warn you, like, this is dangerous. Get out of there. <laughs> Stop thinking this. Stop trying to fool yourself. Essentially, you're trying to escape. Essentially, what you're trying to do is escape from wherever you are right now, back into when things were good, or back into the illusion or fantasy when it was still existent, when the fantasy was still going strong. You're trying to relive that fantasy because something right now is not pleasant in your life, right? Maybe you're feeling down, maybe you're feeling negative, maybe you're feeling depressed, and you're just trying to go back to a time or put your mind back into a time when you were feeling up. And what you don't want to do is think of the times um, that you had with a narcissist when it was that fantasy. Because now you're just fooling yourself. It's almost like watching a movie, you know, um, when you're watching a, a feel-good movie, it's great, right? You, you, you get lifted up. You, you feel good. You feel almost like dancing. It was one of those dancing-type movies with a lot of music, and you just feel like, ah. Oh. After you watch that movie, you're dancing around the house. You're singing. You're feeling good. That's a really great thing. The problem is when the movie you're playing is your exper past experiences with the narcissist, the good, the good times, and only the good times, right? And you're playing that movie in your head, and then now you are thinking, you're going to start thinking illogically. You're going to start thinking, I can get that back. I, I, I can relive that because I lived it once. I, I can relive that again. And you, you start pining for the narcissist because you're pining for those days, those moments when things were good, when you had the best day, you had the best afternoon. Um... You had even maybe the best, you know, month of your life or whatever it might have been that you spent with the narcissist. And you think there were moments there when things were good. Now, the lie is 
if you brought that narcissist back into your life, you're not going to be reliving. It's not like you're going to start off from that moment, right? It's not going to be, oh, we're going to go from that fantasy moment and then all this time of tragedy and trauma is going to suddenly disappear and we're going to edit that out and then we're going to start back as if that fantasy is going to be a continuation now. Because the narcissist does not live that way. The narcissist is not operating in the same realm that you are. Not in, they're not in that fantasy mode. They are in a new fantasy now, in a new world, in a new narrative that you are now a part of. So when you try to get the narcissist back, just like this X supply number three we were talking about at the beginning of all of this, um, when X supply number three goes back and tries to relive all of this with the narcissist and recapture uh, the fantasy, the illusion, and they're hoping the narcissist will continue to build that illusion and that fantasy. Well, the fantasy and illusion have already been broken. So the narcissist knows that. They no longer live in that fantasy. They're not interested in living in that because they know it's, they, they used it up. They played the movie. They played the song, whatever it was to them. And it's now over. So they're moving on to the next movie, the next supply, the next part of their life, right? And when old supply comes back and tries to pull them back into the old movie, they're not going to want to go. They're not going to go back there and, and continue the script or continue the narration, they're done. Like that book is closed to them. So I hope that you, you guys are understanding, you know, and the reason I talk about this is because if you're finding yourself there where you want to go back to the narcissist and relive uh, the good times, you're going to set yourself up for a train wreck. Just like, um, just like the X supply number three. Don't, don't set yourself up for that train wreck. You have to keep yourself aware of what's really going on around you. Oh, yeah. Ryshine says, I was in that hamster wheel for many years. I finally focused on all of the horrible things he did. All good. It's just a lie. Yes, Ry. I hope that some of you guys are hearing that. This is the message that I am trying to share with some viewers who are having a hard time letting go because they are convincing themselves um, to focus on the good times. They're convincing themselves even through the, when I don't know how they're thinking of bad times and missing those, right? But they're telling me that even when they're thinking of the bad times, they're missing the narcissist. And... I'm thinking if, if that's how you see the bad times, I don't think you're thinking about bad times. <laughs> I think that you are rewriting or re-editing what the bad times really were. Um, and well, here's, here's another possibility too. Another possibility is there was something else going on with the supply, the X, that they can't that they're taking in, you know, maybe a broken part of them that they take into every relationship. So there's that to look at as well. You can't blame everything on the narcissist because if we do that, then we don't learn about our part in it. We don't change what we need to change about us. That brings brokenness into the next relationship that we go into, right? And I've spoken to several people who repeat the same trauma over and over again, thinking that, it's always the narcissist. It's always their ex, right, that brought the trauma. And uh, some of it, yes, you know, because they tend to pick the same type of person over and over again. But then the problem is, why are they picking the same person over and over again, right? What is it in them that draws them to that kind of person that's going to bring trauma into their life? So you have to examine yourself as well. If you're looking back at somebody and all you can see is good times, right? And you're wondering why it ended. Take a look at yourself and see what kind of things did you bring into that relationship? What, what kind of things uh, happened in that relationship and how did you react to it? You know, um, were you the person that you wanted to be? Were you 
strong and whole and independent were you, or were you reliant and codependent on the narcissist, right? You want to look at those things. Uh, Obi, good to see you here. Yes, you're late. But we are talking about when, when all we can see are good times with the narcissist and we, we don't admit to ourselves that, oh, here we go, where I shine says, I admit I was reactive and not, hold on, proud of it. I'm single and working on myself now. Oh, that is awesome. That is really a good place to be, that you're aware and you're working on yourself. And, you know, no, we're not going to be proud of the mistakes we made, but don't be so ashamed of it that you beat yourself up, right? You don't need to be ashamed. Just learn. And that's why we do happy crappy hour, you guys. Look, when I share with you my crappies and when I'm not the best that I should be or I'm not there, it's because we're all human and we're going to mess up. But to carry shame when we mess up and carry it forward for days or weeks or years is not helpful. There's, there's just no point in that. The shame is only supposed to let you know, oh, I did something wrong and that's not good. I'm not proud of that. That's great. You recognize that. Now let's fix it, right? Don't carry that shame. So, and I, I'm assuming you're not carrying the shame around. I just think that you're in a good place if you have noticed and can admit to yourself what your part was, you know, and how you behaved and how you don't want to behave in the next relationship. You know, I feel really bad for people who um, take their bad experiences from previous relationships into new relationships. And then they make the new person pay for all the crimes and sins of the previous relationship. You know, they bring into the new relationship all the paranoia, all the um, grief, all the trauma, and they're re reactive, like you were saying, right? We, we do tend to be reactive. So if you can capture yourself in that moment that, oh, I'm just being reactive, I'm not stopping and thinking this through how I really want to be, then we're just going to continue the, the trauma into every relationship we have. And that's why I think I hear so many people who come on and say, why do I keep picking the same person? Why does the same thing keep happening to me? And if they're able to notice that, that's a really good time. And I think they're very close, close to recognizing that there's something they need to change. It's not like karma is throwing the same person, person at them over and over and over again. And if karma is, by the way, um, if you believe in karma, then it's because that person's done something to receive that karma over and over and over again, right? It's definitely still something the person can change. So, uh, oh my gosh, <laughs> wow, a serious case of an 86-year narcissist. You know, I... It irritates me more than I, I like to admit, but when I hear people talk about narcissists who are in their 80s and 90s and all that, and they glorify the narcissist, they act as if, because they're not aware of NPD, right? They're not aware of narcissistic personality disorder, and they just think that this old person, you know, they feel sorry for them, or they... Um, and I'm not saying you can't feel sorry for somebody. I'm just, uh, what bothers me is when they exaggerate or project onto this narcissist good qualities that the narcissist does not even have, but they just assume it because the narcissist is an old person. So they're like, you know, I just feel bad. This old person had a hard life. This old person, um, you know, it, lot had a lot of losses i'm like yeah if you're gonna if you've re reached your 80s you're gonna have losses in your life i don't know any 80 year old that doesn't have losses i don't know any 70 or 60 or 50 year olds that don't have losses in their life so it doesn't explain away or give them carte blanche right it doesn't give them um 
the ultimate excuse to treat other people around them badly. And yet people will do that. People will just give, pe you know, a, a, a lifelong narcissist um, excuse after excuse because they've just gotten used to the narcissist being a total jerk, <laughs> you know. And uh, anyway, I'm not going to get into all that today, but I, I certainly don't believe in projecting onto narcissists things that they don't deserve. Right? There, there are two kinds of projection, um, probably more than that, but oftentimes we talk about projection of negative qualities, right? You know, a narcissist has a negative quality of gossiping and, and they'll look at others and say, oh, this person's a gossip, that person's a gossip. They, they just assume everybody around them is a gossip because they're a gossip, right? Oh, you know, the narcissist is a cheater and is a philanderer and so they'll They'll say that about everybody around them. Oh, that person cheats, and that per I can tell that person is so flirtatious. They're they're a cheater, and they're projecting their qualities onto other people. But good people, um, maybe naive people, maybe well-meaning people, maybe compassionate people, actually project that onto narcissists. Sometimes we project our compassion, our empathy our understanding nature, our forgiving nature onto narcissists. And that's how we romanticize the narcissist. We think that the narcissist is motivated in the same ways that we're motivated. We're thinking the narcissist cares in the same way that we care because we're projecting onto them what we know, what we understand, um, how we go through life. We're projecting that onto narcissists. And we're thinking they're just people just like us. Oh my gosh, I have heard that. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, but there is some kind of wiring that's absolutely off with the narcissist that they are not like us. They do not respond like us. They do not react like us. They do not learn. They continually um, deflect responsibility and will not apologize. You know, um, have, have you, have, I'm trying to think of how to start this. Um, I know in my life, I grew up where there were narcissists in my life, authoritative figures who could not apologize. There was no way they would ever apologize for any of the mistakes, any of the trouble, any of the problems they caused in life to other people, right? Um, to them, they just believe that they are who they are and everybody has to accept them the way they are. Of course, they don't accept other people the way other people are, but we all have to accept them. And and they don't have flaws like we have flaws, right? They just, they just see other people as messed up and having flaws and making mistakes and other people need to apologize, but they themselves never see that they have anything to apologize for. They make excuses for themselves or why they behaved badly. So they think they're justified in all their bad behavior. They don't see that their bad behavior comes from something broken inside of them that needs to be fixed. And it's not other people's fault that they're broken. It's not other people's fault that they react out of that brokenness. It's that brokenness that that's part of self-examination, by the way, you guys, that they need to do to fix themselves. But narcissists don't do that. All right, Shines, thank you. <laughs> That's so sweet. It's been a while since I've gotten, uh, as, what is this called? I don't even know, super chat? I don't know what this is. But thank you for the contribution. I appreciate that. Um, but you guys, I so appreciate you guys. I so appreciate you guys sharing your experiences and your, uh, what you're learning about yourselves, because that opens it up for us to know we're not alone, right? It opens up for those who are just listening. I know several of you guys are on here listening, but not writing because you want to know, are there other people going through the same thing I am? Are there other people who are seeing the same things, questioning the same things? Are they as devastated as I am? Are they, um, and here's, or, or even feeling shame, like I'm feeling, you know, and yes, I want to say yes, uh, there are, you're not alone. Oh, thank you, Rai Shine. 
She says, uh, thank you for all you do for us. You are so welcome. You are so welcome. You guys, I know that um, people have asked if I would do one-on-one -on -one, uh, coaching. And right now, I'm willing to do uh, email coaching. So if you guys want to do that, and that's for free, I don't mind responding back because I haven't gotten too much of, you know, it doesn't take up too much of my time. Um, I've gotten a few people I've, I've emailed back and forth with, and uh, I'm happy to do that. I don't right now have a ton of time to do the coaching, but I'm thinking I might start setting that up if people are really interested. So if you want to contact me through email, it's escapefromcrazytown at gmail.com. So you guys, you know, it's been a really good topic today, learning about why the X supply goes back to the narcissist, because honestly, it could be any of us. Any of us could have been there. Any of us could have given into the heartbreak and the desire to fix that heartbreak by going backwards and trying to relive some past fantasy or past, past glory that that relationship had brought us. Um, oh my gosh, you guys, we need to do another, another talk on the things you can learn from your relationship with the narcissist because there are actually good things we do learn from the narcissist. Let me go ahead and touch on some of that right now because we have like nine minutes left, right? There are good things that you can learn from your relationship with the narcissist. And I'll tell you, the narcissists in my life are like the, the uh, I don't want to say the most passionate, but they are. They're the most um, excited, the most uh, outlandish, the most lively, let's say that, <laughs> people I'd ever met. And when you're not tied into a, a relationship with them where they can traumatize you, it's actually quite fun. It's actually quite fun being around those narcissists that bring so much life into the room, so much life into the party, so much excitement and maybe even depth, right? It seems like they bring this intensity and depth into a relationship. I've had covert narcissists that um, kind of, I don't want to say they brought life into the relationship, but they brought a depth into the relationship. You know, they, they were very open with their trauma. They're very um, expressive about, and, and almost like un, not fearful, right? To share their intimate stuff. And it's kind of refreshing because you're like, wow, people don't just share all this intimate stuff off the cuff, right? They, they don't, you, you think of them as like, someone who's willing to open up deeply, right? And that kind of draws you in. But to them, nothing's really sacred, right? Secrets are not sacred to them. And they feel, they a lot of narcissists are actually open books. And they, because they don't carry shame, okay? They're not ashamed of what they did. So they're quite open books. And to us, it's almost refreshing because we see a lot of people who are closed books, who, who don't share very deeply. And so these relationships that we have had with a narcissist, we actually can take that good part into the next relationship, the part where you can share deeply, you know, and part of that is going to come, um, is going to be vulnerability, all right? It, it is going to make you vulnerable, but here's the thing. It's okay. It's okay to be vulnerable with another person. It's okay to be open. If they use it against you, now I'm not talking about private stuff that could hurt you in business or at work or something like that. That you want to keep separate from your private life. Um, I'm talking about friendships, you know. You can share with friends deep things and you, you can really enjoy and be lively with your friends and bring the party with your friends. Oh my gosh, this is why I really love the group of women or a couple of different groups that I uh, I hang out with it. The people I choose to, to surround myself with are hilarious. I'm sorry. They're just hilarious. Why am I saying sorry? I'm not sorry. They are outlandish. They are hilarious. And we have the best time. 
yes, sometimes we're, uh, I do regret sometimes we're a little too loud at restaurants. I, I do, I do understand how that's very annoying to some people. So those quiet restaurants, I, you know, we try to keep it down. But the loud restaurants, man, let me tell you, we have the best times. And people have come up to us and we're like, can I join your group? <laughs> you guys are the people I want to be with. <laughs> and I'm telling you, you want to be with life-loving people, right? People who bring life into relationship and into the room when they walk into the room. You, that, if you learn that from the narcissist you've been with, you actually can harness that. You actually can bring that into your life as a part of your life. Um, if that's something that you're missing from the narcissist, here's the deal. You can have the best part of that relationship of your with the narcissist, but without the trauma of the narcissist, without bringing this crazy, unstable, self-serving person into your life. Because the people I surround with myself with are not unstable, self-serving, self-centered people. They're simply loving, kind, compassionate, and very passionate people. You guys, this is something, if you had not experienced it before and this narcissist comes into your life and brings this passion into your life, and you're drawn to it, and then you miss it when it's gone, you're not actually missing the narcissist. You're missing the passion. You're missing the enjoyment of life. You're missing the adventure. And all of that is recreatable, right? You can recreate that in your life at any time. You can be that person. And I love that you went skydiving, by the way. Is that you, Rai, who said that? I can't remember now. Sorry, I had to go back. But um, whoever is saying who, hold on, hold on. Let me see if I can go back. Is it Frost who said that? Yeah, Frost was saying, um, you know, go skydiving. You bring that adventure into the, your life and into other people's life around you. Well, you guys, ah, I hope that today's discussion has helped you see where you are. Are you susceptible um, to being that X supply that's, that's um, tempted to go back to the narcissist? If any of the stories that I shared today resonate with you, I hope that you stop and think about it. I hope that you stop and examine what's going on inside of you that's making you drawn, that's drawing you back to the narcissist because it's a lie. I'll tell you right now, it's a lie. Whatever is drawing you back to the narcissist is not the narcissist themselves. It is the thing, the excitement, the love, the joy, the depth of relationship, the vulnerability, the the uh, raw conversations maybe maybe even the physical i've talked about this on other videos too by the way maybe it was the physical excitement that they brought to your romantic relationship um i'm told you know i've learned from people who brought that into my life and i keep that in my relationship with my husband and let me tell you it is so much better with someone who loves you back unselfishly and who loves you and is committed to you versus someone who is just using you. Oh my gosh. I was listening to a podcast yesterday. Um, actually it was a financial podcast, but I guess these guys, they talk about everything. Um, they talk about current events, but they also, this one guy, I was just sickened by what he said. One of the guys, I think there's like three guys on this podcast. And one of them talks about how he had just met this girl, a hot piece of meat or something. I don't even remember how he referred to her. But what a jerk, right? What a jerk. So he's just talking about hooking up with her. And that's his entire intent is just hooking up with her. And I'm thinking, I wonder if people understand that there are predators out there. And they don't even see that it's anything wrong because let me explain. The culture today is like, oh, hooking up is, there's nothing wrong with that. But the bottom line is a lot of people get injured by those hookups because they are thinking this person is hooking up with me because they care about me, because they're drawn to me more than just um, on the surface, right? We actually spent 
several hours together, getting to know each other at the bar or the restaurant or the dance club, and they think they are getting to know this other person. Meanwhile, the other person's just having a party, you know, like they're just enjoying themselves. They're just um, looking at, hey, am I going to get some tonight? <laughs> you know, they're, they're not interested in a long-term relationship. They, they think you're good enough to get into bed, but that's it. They're, they're not thinking long-term like, oh, and then I'm going to want to spend the weekend with this person or, or get together with them again next weekend or next month. They're just thinking for tonight, I just want this. And they go out on the prowl, and I think it's pretty normal uh, in today's society. People just go out and they think, I'm going to hook up with somebody, whoever looks good. Uh, a lot of people get injured by that because they think, they're not thinking this person's here to use me. They're thinking this person, you know, we have chemistry, we, we're having a good time, we dance well together, you know, whatever it is. Uh, that's not a deep relationship. So I guess my advice to you guys is, after listening to that podcast, is be aware that this may just be a one-night stand, okay? I do not recommend one-night stands. In fact, I highly am against it because I know it causes trauma to people. Um, rarely have I seen two people come out. I, I don't think I've ever seen I mean, two people come out of a one-night stand and both of them are fine. You know, both of them are fine with it. There's always one person that's more invested than the other. Anyway, that's just my little two cents for you guys about that. Uh, because I happened to catch this on a podcast yesterday. And I was just like pretty appalled, actually, the way he was talking about the girl. You know, as if she was just simply a piece of meat. And she was nothing more to him than that. And in fact, he thought she was pretty crazy, the stuff that she was saying. So he didn't even he was he, he didn't even respect her intellect, right? In fact, he didn't think she was. I mean, he he just saw her as some something, right? To sleep with that night, not a real whole person. So be careful of that, you guys. When you go out there and you're feeling lonely and you're just hoping to to connect with somebody, uh, connections are good. Hookups are not. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Rai says, not interested in one night stands. No one will take advantage of me again. Yes. I'm so glad to hear that. Yes. Just be aware. And there are, there are channels out there. And I cannot understand how these do not go against the community, whatever, rules of social media. But there are channels out there where people actually share their tactics on how to... Um, uh, I mean, they have terms that I hate to even use, uh, but essentially just use people. Just how to get them, use them, and then toss them. It, it's really disturbing that these people think that that's just fine. And they think that women, it's mainly men talking about this, because. but I think there are women out there too who talk about this, how to use a guy. Oh yeah, actually I'm not not only just think I've come across those channels but it's been a while where so it's both sides by the way it's not just one sex uh, talk about how to use the other person and I'm wondering if there's probably also channels out there or other communities that, that talk about just simply how to use the other person and, and get away with it and they laugh about it they mock the other person. They think that if another person allows themselves to be used like that or put them put themselves out into the market, the meat market like that, then they deserve to be used. They actually talk about that. They actually share stories and they laugh about it and they set their marks for the upcoming weekend, what they're going to do. Be careful out there. That's all I'm just, you know, get to know people, uh, connect with people, Learn about them, uh, spend time with them, not in bed, spend time, real time with them, get to know their families and their friends. And here, here's another, I know we're over the hour, so I'm going to let you guys go, but I have to share this one thing with you. Uh, it's a saying, and it's, it's, it's possible that it's very accurate, that you are the average of the five people you hang out with most. 
you know, maybe you're not the average, maybe you're the top, maybe you're closer to the bottom, but a good rule of thumb is to look at the five people you hang out with most and think these are the most, the people who have the most influence in my life. So I'm going to become more like the influences that I allow into my life. So pick your friends wisely, I guess, is the idea there. Well, you guys, thank you so much for joining me for a happy crappy hour today. I hope you understand now what it looks like when the ex-supply goes back to the narcissist and what the narcissist is really thinking about them. And it's not a, it's not going to be, oh, they're going to ride off into the sunset together and it's going to be a beautiful life because the narcissist and the ex-supply have grown and matured so much and have healed so much that they have reconnected and are now going to um, live out this beautiful life. No, it's never like that with a narcissist. We all know that. It's going to be a train wreck. So I hope this talk has helped you to stay away from that train wreck. Stay away from ex-supply that's going back to the narcissist. Stay away from the narcissist yourself so that you're not tempted to go back to the narcissist. And be real with yourself. Make sure that you are examining the broken places in your life so that you don't take that brokenness into the next relationship. So your next relationship is going to be glorious. Your next relationship is going to be so good because you're going to bring all the good things you've learned in life into that relationship. And you're going to heal the broken places so you don't bring the trauma. All right. But you're going to be so strong because you've healed from that trauma. There is so much good out there, you guys. I have so much hope for you. Things are going to be great. There, you know, as bad as sometimes things get, just know that as long as you're breathing, there is still hope. There is still hope. Well, God bless you guys. Go forward into the week. Be kind. Love others. Be generous when you can. And receive. Don't forget that part. Oh, I got to talk about that in another video. Learn to receive goodness, kindness, and and uh joy and time and you know things that people want to give you if they want to take you out to dinner let them take you out to dinner okay if they want to splurge on you let them splurge on you blessings to you receive goodness from others and give goodness to others and i will talk to you guys next week